runasradio.com. You're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell and Greg Hughes. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 73 with guest Jeff Goodwin, recorded Thursday, August 28th, 2008. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You're listening to Run As Radio. I'm your host, Richard Campbell. With me as always, my co-host and good friend, Greg Hughes. How you doing, Richard? Hello, everybody. So what's new with you? Oh, just, uh, you know, same old, same old, kind of uh, looking forward to having some great conversations on Run As here. Been doing, uh, there's been a lot of security stuff to worry about the last last few weeks, and uh, that's been keeping me pretty darn busy. It's been a tough uh, go for security. What's your main concern right now? You know, right now it's web security, a lot of websites between some uh, SQL injection stuff as well as uh, some other uh, vulnerabilities that... <clears throat> I, I'm one of those guys that doesn't like to discuss them out loud all that much right. unless there's a fix for it. So uh, I know that's a that's a subject of debate in and of itself someday. Um, but it's just been uh, there's just been a couple of hacks that have been going on and hitting a large number of uh, of application servers, and uh, I've been getting a lot of calls on them. So. It's been a tough summer. No two ways about it. Yeah, it has been. So uh, got to call out TechEd EMEA, TechEd Europe. We're going to be there for the IT week. Yeah, in Barcelona, Spain. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, from .NET Rocks, Mark Dunn, the original co-host of .NET Rocks, I am incarnation number three, is going yep. to be there for the Dev Week. He's going to be helping out with uh, the community center, the fishbowl, all that good stuff. So Great. And you and I will be there for the IT Week. Indeed. And over at .NET Rocks, they're starting the sweepstakes. So this uh, yeah, is a contest. Yeah, it's a contest where you answer a question about the previous week's show, and if you get it right, you get put into a pool and... Of all the winners for the eight weeks of the contest are running, one of them gets free airfare, hotel, and admission to TechEd Europe. That That's a big deal. It's a, I mean, a I, Well, you know how much fun that is to be there for the whole week. It's crazy. Now, now is that for this fall or is that for next year's TechEd? So Ed? it's up to the – that's the big twist this year is you have a choice. If you want to go this year, they'll take you this year or they'll take you next year. So if you need more time to plan or you're already going this year, you can get a free ride for next year. No, that's a cool way to do it. Yeah, I thought it was a great solution to the challenge of running a contest like that. I, I don't know where it's going to end up being next year. I don't know if you know or not, but I know that Barcelona, the cost of uh, the flights to Barcelona are, you know, I mean, probably pretty average for going to Europe, but the hotel costs there, it, it's pretty darn expensive. It's expensive, yeah. And and food isn't cheap either, but it's a great experience, yeah. but it's expensive. I do know where it is, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say. So yeah. I'll, I won't say anything. I'll just say it is well, elsewhere in Europe next year. We'll hold off on that for now. <laughs> and if you've got any questions, uh, you want to know more about the contest, or you want to know more about the show, you want to make some suggestions about shows, send us an email, info at runasradio.com. All right, let's get to our guests. Jeff Goodwin is a senior technologist and the Microsoft practice lead for the VIA Group. That's V-I-A. He specializes in Microsoft Exchange and Microsoft Unified Communications. Jeff has been involved in development and implementation of the Unified Communication Solutions for 10 years. He's been a presenter at various Microsoft conferences, including TechEd and TechReady, and has recently written articles in the TechNet magazine on Microsoft Exchange Unified Messaging regarding deployment and migration strategies. Jeff holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Computing Science from the Stephen F. Austin State University. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Uh, thanks a lot. So... I got to admit, I found you as a guest by reading your articles in TechNet. 
Oh, great. And it just knocked, it not, it was finally really a clear picture of what, what's going on in the unified messaging world. This is a huge topic and we've only got half an hour. It's Where do stuff. you start? What does it really mean, unified messaging? Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people out there that have this whole, you know, understanding that, uh, sort of unified messaging and unified communications is such a big, uh, a big beast to sort of tackle. And so there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace and things like that. So, uh, I've been very fortunate to be over, uh, be invited by Microsoft over the past year and a half or so to be speaking about unified communications and, and, uh, unified messaging at various conferences to sort of, uh, you know, help, uh, demystify, so to speak, uh, the unified messaging and UC space. And you're, you've been talking about this topic for 10 years now, or been involved in this topic for 10 years, but Microsoft hasn't been. What, what did you work on before this? So there were other uh, third-party manufacturers that had uh, unified messaging solutions out there. Um, Octel uh, and Avaya had solutions out there. Uh, various other, you know, smaller companies, uh, Interactive Intelligence and, and things like that, uh, had unified messaging solutions that I've supported all over the world uh, for the last, uh, you know, eight years or so. And then got involved with Microsoft uh, probably about three years ago. Uh, before their unified messaging solution was even announced uh, to the public, so uh, we've we've been involved with their product for for quite a while and uh, been deploying it uh, ever since. So, is this really come down to integrating PBX and uh, email technologies together? Yeah. So, uh, unified messaging is uh, is is basically the the ability just to have a single repository. Uh, of all of your messages, whether they're voicemail messages, email messages, uh, fax messages, or any type of other messages that may come along in the future. Uh, but it's it's the ability to have those messages in a single repository, be able to administer them from a single location, and sort of tie that back to uh, sort of a legacy or even, uh, in some cases, a, a VoIP a phone system. And I, I mean, I love the whole VoIP technology for no other reason than I hate pulling different wires for different purposes. So the fact that we all just using Ethernet makes me happy. Right. <laughs> uh, and and plus, I mean, I think people live in Outlook fundamentally. Every That's the only app everybody's always got open. So the fact that everything comes there is really compelling. Uh, what about instant messaging? Is that part of the equation, too? Yeah, so Microsoft's uh, Unified Communication Suite uh, includes Office Communication Server 2007. Uh, as well as Exchange Unified Messaging. And so the uh, the OCS suite uh, provides the ability to do instant messaging and presence. Uh, presence is a big, uh, that's a big win for a lot of customers today because the ability to actually get work done much more quickly. So uh, let's say that I needed an answer from uh, from you about how many uh, how many uh, widgets were shipping in, in a single box. Uh, so I'd call you, you weren't there, I'd email you, you'd, you'd email response. You know, that may be a, an hour's worth of time out of my day trying to find out such a simple, uh, uh, simple answer. And so with unified mess or with uh, instant messaging and presence, I could simply look on my list and say, okay, uh, you're available uh, for me to talk to. I throw you a chat session, instant messaging session, or, uh, you know, I'll call you on the phone and you could immediately answer my, my question. So productivity tools, uh, are huge, uh, with the instant messaging and presence capability. So unified um, means unified means this all ties together into common interfaces, right? That's exactly right. So uh, today, if you were to do, you know, there there are various uh, third-party manufacturers other than Microsoft that have uh, 
that have solutions that uh, you know you do instant messaging with one one application, you do uh, uh, web conferencing with another application, and you do unified messaging with with even another application. Uh, with the uh, Microsoft solution, it's all, all tied in back into the Office suite. So Office Communication Server, uh, it's one platform that provides all of that capability. Now, I've, I've had a chance to, to use and, and deploy the Office Communicator or the, the what, what is it called now? It's Communicator, right? It's not Office Instant Messaging. Right. right. And, and uh, that's, a, that's a pretty darn cool tool. Maybe we should sort of drill into some of that client-side technology and talk about what that enables. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Office Communicator client uh, is basically, if you want to think about it, does you know you you sort of live in Microsoft Outlook today. Right. Uh, so from a communication standpoint, uh, you can you can sort of live in, in Outlook and say I manage my calendar, manage my my email, manage my task list, things like that. Well, with Office Communicator, it's it's a uh, it's sort of an integrated app uh, into Office. So I have the ability to uh, check people's calendar if they're on my team. I have the ability to click the call. I have the ability to instant messaging and presence. Uh, I can see people's calendar. Uh, there's various things that I can do in the Office Communicator uh, client that basically makes me more pr- productive as an end user, including including hooking into you know a VoIP system, maybe on a on a digital PBX or something like that. Yeah, so it it doesn't even have to be a digital PBX. It can be even uh, you know a PBX that's ten years old, a legacy uh, TDM uh, type right. switch. So. Uh, we can tie into those old switches as well. So customers, that's you know, that's one of the 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 points that customers make today is, well, we can't do Office Communication Server because we're running, uh, you know, our our PBX is ten years old. Well, that's not necessarily true. We can uh, we can make that work uh, using uh, various what they call SIP gateway products. And a SIP gateway product basically takes a uh, a TDM uh, interface. Uh, and then converts it to something that Office Communication uh, Server can can understand, which is SIP over TCP. Gotcha. So SIP is the session initiation protocol. That's right. That's the sort of the common protocol for VoIP. That's right. Type of activity. Gotcha. But I, I've also noticed and, and deployed uh, integration with SharePoint. That's that's kind of cool. So you have your Office SharePoint and uh, instant messaging and all of the above sort of tied together. It really does become a pretty cohesive package, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, again, like I said, I mean, it's Office Communication Server, and so you know, the key word there being uh, Microsoft Office. So any any of the Office suites uh, are sort of integrated into Office Communication Server. So so SharePoint uh, has the ability to do the same exact things that uh, that an Office Communicator client would be. Uh, so if you had a SharePoint site that you either published to 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 the outside world or, or published inside, uh, and someone lived in SharePoint. They have the same presence and IM capabilities, click-to-call capabilities uh, that someone would have using an Office Communicator client. So uh, Office Communicator, and I've heard them referred to as, as various things, but the, they're calling jelly beans is what I've, I've heard them referred to mostly. But the jelly bean is basically the presence icon. So whether they're available or away or online huh. uh, or various other presence capabilities. Yeah, I, like, I kind of like that term. I guess the other yeah, side of unified cool. here is this idea that I have that a given person is now one entity, whether they're it's there an email from them, uh, an IM from them, or their phone number. They all of that contact information really relates back to one I- identity. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, so whether you're uh, on the road, whether you're at your desk, uh, whether you're at at, at the house, uh, you're you're basically your SIP uh, address is what your identity is. So. 
when you log into your office communication server uh, or your OC client, when you log into that, um, that becomes your sort of identity. Uh, so it doesn't matter if you're in a hotel in Las Vegas, uh, setting at your home, uh, or, or anything like that. That is the point of contact that people are going to reach you at. So if someone calls you from their mobile phone, it's going to redirect to your OC client uh, if that's the way you have it set up. There's various ways to set it up, but basically I carry around my laptop, and that is, that is my sort of office space. And that's very cool that it's portable with you, no matter where it goes. Uh, certainly in the early days of VoIP, I remember carrying around one of those small routers that was the VoIP point so that I could plug it into any internet connection and that would be the phone number came with me and that was, you know, basically the same SIP trick. This is yeah. a little more robust version of that. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they have uh, an office communicator client for Windows Mobile as well. So, uh, you know, today about the only thing that you can really do with the Windows Mobile client is actually see uh, presence information of people, you know, on the network. You can do instant messaging uh, with those people as well. But you can sort of think about the future technology of that of that client. And you know, uh, this is just you know thinking outside the box. But but the the future technology of that sort of uh, client capability would be to do uh, a data call, not using your cellular minutes, but you would you be using the actual VoIP uh, voice over IP. Uh, data traffic to make a call right. using the OC client. So, uh, I'm looking at the various diagrams and so forth from your article around uh, unified messaging with Exchange, and uh, it always references various kinds of PBXs. Is that the normal configuration that we have an existing PBX or we buy a PBX to, to tie into this? Or is does Microsoft have an offering in that area? Uh, so today, the, the Microsoft uh, marketing uh, position is uh, what they call VoIP as you are. And, and what they mean by that is if your organization already has a PBX in place, they're not looking to displace that PBX. They're simply looking to sort of tie into that PBX behind uh, on the back end. Right. Uh, I have run into companies that, uh, that do not have PBXs in place, or they may be opening a really small office with you know, 25 or 50 people. Uh, and in that case, the office communication server actually can act as a PBX if if that's uh, uh, something that they wanted to do. Interesting. So how does that work? Uh, so we would simply, you know, we, we would have to uh, get a, a PRI line, uh, uh, a primary rate interface from uh, the telco, the, the, the local telco provider. Uh, right, so that's it, like a trunk, it, trunked ISDN yeah, line. a T1 right? trunk or something like that from a telco provider. Uh, so if that's AT&T or Southwestern Bell or whoever, whoever your provider is, uh, we'd, we'd simply have them bring one in. Uh, we could uh, hook up uh, what we call a SIP gateway from uh, Dialogic or Audio Codes. And, and that, uh, that SIP gateway would connect into the T1 line from the provider, and we would buy uh, DID numbers or phone numbers from the provider as well. So we'd simply give those out to... Uh, I'd give that out to you and say, here, call me at, you know, 281-XXX. Uh, you'd call me at that number. It'd go through the provider, go through my SIP gateway, and then ring my OCS client. Hmm, very cool. Uh, there are also newer technologies coming out uh, where, uh, for instance, uh, a provider might might provide uh, something like a, a SIP trunk. And what a SIP trunk is basically is an IP endpoint so that I would actually point my OC server to a telco provider IP address. 
Uh, so instead of having that SIP gateway or a physical T1 copper line coming into my facility, it would just all be over IP. So when that technology sort of, um, you know, catches on, uh, and it's we're pretty close to that as well, but when that technology actually catches on, you'll see a lot less uh, T1 connectivity from providers or PBXs. It really, really abstracting that all out and offering it all as a service. That's that's really pretty interesting. Exactly right. So yeah, I, I gotta get a picture now of where this stuff is going. It sounds like because there's actually a lot of moving parts here, right? I mean, you've got Exchange involved, you've got the unified messaging server, and also the office communication server. Are those the same thing? That's right. They're, those are three separate boxes. Okay. Uh, you know, typically in a, in an enterprise uh, enterprise company, uh, you know, they they like to break out the services into into separate boxes. Sure. And even Exchange ends up being broken out. Edge transport servers, hub transport servers, right. mailbox <laughs> servers. Like this, this can be a lot of gear. Yeah. Even office communication server, you can break that into OCS server, an archiving server, a mediation right. server, an edge server. So you can break out that as well, just like an uh, Exchange server would be broken out. It starts to make me think about what about things like federation and connecting into other you know, maybe other organizations or partner organizations, multiple sites and things like that. What's the story for unified communications in that regard? Yeah, so that's an excellent point. Uh, so today, uh, Office Communication Server supports this concept of, of what we call federation. And federation basically means the ability to uh, to intercommunicate with another company or a, a, a another entity outside of your organization. So at the VIA Group, for instance, uh, one of the services that we provide to our customers is we actually federate with our customers so that they have a much more easy, uh, an easier ability to get in touch with us. So what that means is they would open up their OC client and they, uh, they're sitting at company XYZ. They could actually see our presence information, make a VoIP to VoIP call, uh, to us, uh, you know, et cetera. They can even see our calendar if we published our calendar information to them, right. uh, which is, you know, that's a fantastic. We're federated with Microsoft. Uh, Federation with Microsoft has has opened up so many doors for us because uh, that's where all the knowledge is, right? I can reach out to the engineers. I can reach out to the people who are actually doing development at Microsoft and and ask uh, simple questions when they're available online. That's that's pretty powerful. I mean, the ability to connect and reach, you know, in real time presence outside of your domain, your forest, if you will. Um, that's right. Can, can really open some doors. Well, yeah, the idea of different exchange environments talking to each other in a friendly way, because for a long time that was possible. You know, they were just talking at an STMP level, right? They very, very simple communication level. Right. Exactly. Uh, and if, don't most companies get involved in this sort of thing primarily to provide uh, branch office communications at low cost? I think that's one one of the bigger value adds, absolutely. So in, in the enterprise space today, which is typically where we play is the enterprise space, but the enterprise space today, you've got companies that may have, you know, a, a thousand users at, in, in their headquarters locations, but then they have these 120 remote branch offices uh, that have, you know, two, three, five people in them. And, uh, and the expense of putting out an exchange server, the expense of putting out an OCS server or a PBX or, wh- or whatever it is at that location, uh, just doesn't make sense. Right. So with OCS technology, I can simply put, put a laptop out there, um, and have them connect back to my exchange server, my OCS server, uh, provide them email, provide them voice, provide them instant messaging, provide them, you know, all of the ne- necessities that they need. 
without having to do any kind of end applications at the branch office. So what's in the branch office, and is it just a fast internet connection? Is there some kind of termination device? Well, so that's, and that's what I was going to talk about, was uh, what's interesting out of, is out at the branch office, they don't even need to be VPN'd into the network. So we actually have this, this concept of what we call edge services, just like on Exchange, where we have this edge uh, transport server that it will actually authenticate people outside of our network. So so people on the internet, for example, that may be at their house or traveling. Yeah, exactly. So I could be sitting at home and actually uh, log into my network over just a plain old internet connection and be authenticated back into my network over OCS or Exchange. Wow. So I don't have... And the advantage of that, of course, is now that I'm not doing something special in my branch office... I can take advantage of my guys on the road or people working from home have the same level of connectivity that the branch office would. That's right. That's right. You know, one of the things that I carry with me, I have a, I have a small uh, a pouch, basically, and, and inside this pouch I carry a, uh, a speakerphone, uh, which is a, it's basically a USB device. I carry uh, a video cam, a webcam, uh, and, uh, and that's about it. So when I go travel, because I'm, I'm all over the country traveling, when I travel... Uh, for instance, last week I was in Las Vegas, sitting in the uh, in the hotel room uh, on a plain old inter- uh, Ethernet con- uh, internet connection, and I I hooked my laptop up, I hooked my speakerphone and webcam up, and I was actually conducting big business right out of my uh, right out of my hotel office. That's terrific. Now I'm I'm curious, which USB speakerphone are you talking about? So I was using the uh, Polycom CX100. Of course you were. <laughs> <laughs> That's a phenomenal. I, I've been product. looking at those myself. Is the reason that I ask because there's a little self, uh, little self-service, self-interest there. Yeah, if you want one, give me a call. I'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> they are the they're the greatest uh, little speakerphones. Actually, I heard that they're actually back ordered because uh, they're so popular. So. They, those guys make right? really stunningly good products. It's, I'm always yeah. amazed at the quality they get. I've always been happy with the Polycom stuff. Yeah, Polycom actually also makes a uh, another uh, phone, a, a code name by Microsoft Tanjay, but it's a CX700 phone is is what the brand name is for Polycom. Uh, and it, it basically is a, is a real phone. It's got, uh, a dial pad on it. It's got a headset on it or a handset on it. It actually has a color screen on it that has basically the OC client built in. So I can see all my, my contacts with their present information, uh, presence information right on my screen. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Um, one of the things that I really like about that phone is I actually run that out of my house. So again, I've taken this, this, this Polycom phone, taken it to my house. I plugged it into my Ethernet connection at my house. I've logged in as a OC user, so I use my OC sign-in address. Remember that single single point of presence that we right. talked about earlier? Right. I log in as my single point of presence, and now I'm an OC user sitting at my house. I have a phone uh, with full capabilities of uh, of anything. So That's very cool. You're just another local on the PBX, effectively. That's right. That's right. So what happens when you go out in the field and that phone is there? Do you sort of pull the SIP over to you and the phone disconnects? So uh, I typically log out of that phone, but uh, you know if I I could leave that phone logged in, if I log if I kept the phone logged logged in, basically what would happen is someone would call me, it would ring that home uh, home office phone, uh, Tanjay, as well as it would ring my OC client. So it it ring uh, both locations. Interesting. Okay. So some simultaneous ringing. Right. But at least this, it has tolerance for that multiple uh, point of uh, contact. Absolutely. 
I think it's an yeah, important part of the question. Really cool. and you could totally geek out on IP phones. There's so many. <laughs> well, and, and there's an interesting angle yeah. on this is if you're working with communicator and exchange and so forth, if your contact list is as part of that whole system, yep. you need a phone. You're either using your PC to do this or you need a phone that handles it. Right, right. Yeah, you want to you, you want to talk about geeking out? I mean, you just come into my office. I've got uh, <laughs> I've actually got eight different phones running in my office, so, so it's kind of a nightmare actually when someone calls me because I have eight phones simultaneous ring. So <laughs> they're all in the same sip. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> These you we talked about the sort of on the road effect, and I've I've got to worry about the quality of most hotel networks. How tolerant is this stuff when the connection gets cranky? Yeah, so so Microsoft has actually uh, developed a proprietary codec called the uh, RTA or Real Time Audio, and uh, and there's some there's some great uh, documentation out on Microsoft's uh, uh, TechNet website regarding how you know how they how they take care of uh, uh, WAN tolerances and internet tolerances. But uh, uh, essentially, what 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 the results show, and and I I. I do this all the time, so I, I believe in the in the uh, testing that they've done uh, is that using real time audio is about three hundred times better than uh, even using like a quality of service type uh, uh, capability. Wow. So, so you don't even have to implement quality of service on your network in order to use Microsoft's RTA. And that, that's one of the most painful things with doing VoIP, right? Is just is quality of service problems. It is. It is. And you know, and some and some customers have older uh, routers and switchers that don't even support quality of service. So, right. You know, there's an upgrade cost in, in in upgrading to that. Yeah, not to mention if you're working from a home connection or something like that, you're probably not going to have that capability. That's right. And so Microsoft sort of circumvented this whole problem just by creating a protocol that's essentially soft that solves it on its own. That's right. That's very clever. You know, when you throw the word proprietary in, though. That that kind of scares me a little bit. Is this something that Microsoft? Do you have any any knowledge? They're going to push for this to be maybe a new standard, or or where is that I going? Don't, I, I don't know that. No, that's fair. We'll see what we'll see what happens to it. You never know. Yeah. So uh, we talk. Uh, most of the infrastructure, I think, is focused at the large enterprise, and I know uh, certainly Via makes their living on the large enterprise. But in the smaller office, if if we're running an exchange server, and I got to think that's sort of a requirement to get going on this, is this something we can consider? Absolutely. So, and and I, I just want to clarify, exchange uh, exchange server is actually not a requirement really? to run to run Office communication server. Uh, exchange would be required to run unified messaging. Okay. Uh, so, so again, sort of the sort of the two the two components of Microsoft's UC solu- uh, solution would be the unified messaging and the OCS uh, component. So, Office Communication Server and Exchange Unified Messaging. If you want to run Exchange Unified Messaging, Exchange would be required. Okay. Um, if if all you want to do is run the Office Communication Server, Exchange abs- uh, actually is not required. Although there are some benefits to to being able to run uh, Outlook 2007 with OCS, right? What I understood was that you said that there are, if you're using Exchange, for example, that you're probably going to have three servers set up. One of those is is the instant messaging or Office communication server. One is Exchange, but is there one in between? Uh, so there is a uh, uh, there's a there's a mediation server, and the, what the mediation server does is actually, uh, if you're going to be running what they call the enterprise voice piece of OCS. Uh, yeah. So there, there's three components of OCS, the instant messaging and presence that we talked about, the web conferencing piece, and what we call enterprise voice. So the enterprise voice piece is, 
is what we've talked about where you have the ability to click, click to call and things like that. So in order to implement that, you would have to have what they call a mediation server. And the mediation server actually uh, knows how to talk uh, RTA or SIP over TCP. And so that's sort of the interface between um, like any kind of SIP, uh, PBX, or things like that. So basic configuration, and again, I'm still getting my head around the small office solution. So they've got a multi-line phone system, which is not a PBX. They've got Exchange. Maybe they're running it as as part of SBS, small configuration, and they're thinking, do we buy a PBX? Do we not? Can we move to unified messaging? You know that I've I've seen these scenarios before. So it's you run the there's an integration server, this this mediation server that then that really ties the whole. Now we're replacing the phone system, or where's the phone system it, fit in that? It, it could it could replace the phone system again. It doesn't have to. Uh, so in, in most small businesses that we've been sort of running into, and, and when I say small business, I, I want to say like a, a 250 user office. Um, that's uh, about as small as we get. When you talk small business server, you're talking under 75, like 50. Okay, so so if you if you took an office of 50 people, uh, for for example, um, and and they had an existing PBX, and they had uh, they wanted to implement uh, all of Microsoft's UC technology. Uh, basically, what they could do is they could stand up an Exchange server, uh, and they could stand up uh, a single OCS uh, standard edition server. Uh, and, and with those two servers, we could probably run all of the services necessary to run the entire Microsoft UC platform. Gotcha. What, what about small businesses that have started out and maybe they've deployed like an open source Asterix PBX, which is, you know, SIP compliant. I assume they can integrate to that and keep that running and not have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, one of the, uh, quote unquote supported platforms today. Uh, sure. Just because Asterix hasn't gone through the formal testing process with Microsoft, but right. uh, absolutely, we have made uh, Office Communication Server uh, work with an Asterix PBX. So, SIP is SIP, right? Should all yeah. work? <laughs> yeah, basically uh, anything that anything that talks SIP over TCP. So there's there's two ways that vendors uh, typically in, uh, implement SIP, and it's one is called SIP over UDP, and one is called SIP over TCP. Uh, UDP, of course, just says I'm going to send all the information in sort of a non-formatted way, but you're, you're just going to get everything. SIP over TCP uh, instead says, you know, I'm going to send this to you. I want acknowledgement back that you that you received the packet in the correct right, format. Right, connection protocol. Right. So uh, if if a vendor implements SIP over TCP, then Microsoft uh, we can probably make Microsoft Office Communication Server work with that PBX. That's cool. Uh, how secure is all of this? We talk about avoiding VPNs for those remote connections and so forth. How are we protecting the communications between our remote users and the and the head office? Yeah, so Microsoft is, uh, you know, I, I guess this is sort of the the way that the industry's headed uh, from from a Microsoft perspective. But basically, what they're doing is they're they're starting to implement this this process of uh, security certificates. Uh, so. Uh, if you uh, you can use certific- uh, cer- security certificates to actually say, uh, if you don't have this valid security certificate, then I'm not going to talk to you. So if uh, you, you load up the certificate on your laptop and it says, you know, I'll allow you to come through as an authenticated user, but if you don't have it, not talking to you. Right. It might be a machine certificate or a user certificate or both. That's right. That's right. Do you see this ultimately coming up as a service product from ISPs, the same way we can buy Exchange mailboxes? Are we going to be able to buy OCS, or can we now? 
Yeah, so that's that's an interesting concept. So um, I do know that, uh, well, uh, two years ago, I, I worked with a company up in uh, Fremont, Washington. Uh, the name of the company is Chinook, uh, C-H-I-N-O-O-K, Chinook Coasting. And uh, we worked with them for about two months, three months, to actually architect a hosted uh, OCS and unified messaging solution. So I believe that they are actually providing this in a hosted environment today. Cool. Well, look, I just went to ChinookHosting.com, not a sponsor of the show or anything, and they offer hosted unified communications. Right. That's right. really cool. And, of course, with the model we described here where you have a head office and all these branch offices, there's no reason you couldn't. the head office couldn't be an ISP and everybody's a branch office. That's right. That's right. It just offers amazing potential for distributed businesses to quickly put together um, something that looks like a, uh, a full office with its locals and all those sorts of effects without actually having to build it. Uh, very quickly and very inexpensively. That's cool. What What's the one mistake that uh, IT people tend to make <clears throat> out of the gate when they're first deploying this if they don't take everything into consideration and plan very well? Uh, so that's uh, that's an interesting question, but uh, uh, I would say that the the biggest mistake that an IT person makes uh, is actually not not working or not interfacing with the tel- telecom group. Uh, so if there's a separate telecom group within the company, um, that's probably the biggest number one mistake that I've seen companies make uh, when they're implementing a any UC solution is. One group, uh, in particular the IT group, they say, uh, yeah, not a problem. This is a data product. We're going to implement this for, for everyone in the company. Um, well, they don't necessarily uh, understand a lot of the telecom concepts and the telecom uh, uh, applications that are already running in the, in the environment. So a lot of times uh, they don't take those applications into, into consideration. So they implement something that's... Um, uh, where they haven't taken into, into consideration those applications and users start screaming saying, well, I've lost this feature. I've lost this, you know, this particular capability. Interesting problem. Part of that, that enterprise requirements and making sure right. you've got them all covered up. Great. Well, Jeff, I, I think that's a show. I, I, I feel like we've just gotten started talking about unified communications. I have a picture of everything that's out there, but I'm sure there's a lot more detail we could be getting into. Yeah, I do too. I, I wish we had more time. This is a, uh, it's been a great conversation, and uh, if uh, you guys want to reach out some, uh, later, feel free to do so. Yeah, maybe we just got to bring it back and keep going. That's right. Sure, some of our users will have questions and comments, and maybe we can maybe we can take those and do something again in the future. Yeah, you bet. Jeff, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, thank you guys. I appreciate your time. And we'll talk to you next week on Run As Radio.